This is the Truth Warrior Podcast with your host, David Whitehead. There we are. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Truth Warrior. I'm so happy to be with you. Today, it's Friday, July 28th, 2023. And I didn't have a major plan for today's show other than talking about uh, some of the current events that are going on, some of the craziness. But in light of this uh, post that I made recently as I was thinking about all the stuff that's going on, because there's so much going on, can't even cover it all anymore. <laughs> it's just too much happening. Uh, but just trying to think of this in terms of what could be happening right now, which is basically what we're seeing is we, we saw the introduction of Christ, various crises in the world. And we're going to talk about why everything is a crisis according to the people running all the narratives and our governments and everything else why everything is a crisis that must be managed um and then also the other element of it which is that not only did these crises get either introduced manufactured or created uh even if some of them were naturally occurring they're managed in a very particular way to achieve a very particular outcome that may not be in our best interest. And so we have to sort of look at the strategy, zoom out, see the chessboard, and try to figure out what's going on so that we can mitigate its effect in our lives. So that's kind of the idea. And I'll just open it up with the post that I made to sort of summarize these thoughts. I was thinking about it, looking at uh, some of these things going on. So I just wrote it this way. Because I'm looking at this always, especially from this work that I do with Michael and Unslave, we talk about the psychology behind everything, the mindset behind everything, uh, the possible cause behind it all, and understanding these ideologues that keep pushing all these crises and all the need to centralize power and control, <laughs> and uh, you know all these different things and censorship and all these these elements that we're all looking at. We have to understand that the reason why to them. The world is in a state of crisis. Everything is a crisis that must be managed and not just managed, but micromanaged by only us and anybody else proposing any alternative solutions to us, the rulers of the world, according to them in their minds. Um, everything must be managed in accordance to our worldview and accordance to our solutions only. And anybody that has even probably better ideas than us is to be discarded, censored, mocked, ridiculed, and ignored. And uh, so I just kind of put it like this. And, and of course, you've got the big wigs that I think run a lot of this. And then you got all the people that jump on the bandwagon and they can't wait for, uh, you know, people like Trudeau to get another term or they love this state of crisis. They can't they even have people saying they miss the lockdowns. Can you imagine a world like that? Imagine people like that. They miss the lockdowns. We're going to try to understand why these people exist. They miss the authoritarian regime, even though it's not really gone away. It's the illusion that it has uh, suddenly changed its policy. Uh, but there's these people that just love tyranny. They love sacrificing their freedom. They love uh, being ruled and told what to do and being given a prescription for life. They don't want to operate in any way on their own their own volition, their own freedom, their own minds. They don't want to think for themselves. That's too hard. So these are the people who are cheering on the crisis. They're like, yes, there's crisis everywhere. And if there isn't one, we're going to make one. 
because I thrive in crisis because crisis means someone's going to try to take care of the crisis and in a way is going to end up taking care of me. And I think that's really where we're getting to. So anyways, this is how I wrote it. To those that live in a constant state of fretful anxiety about life and death, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that in a minute. To those that live in a constant state of fretful anxiety about life and death, everything is a crisis to which everyone must be forcibly recruited to do something about. And government is usually their God or parental projection. The criminal psychopaths who seek only power and couldn't care less about their endless spurious causes and concerns use these types. They're used as their cover and simultaneously their public relations team. So there's a dynamic I want to really get to the heart of, and then we're going to look at some of the things going on uh, to sort of flesh this out. So I hope you're all well, wherever you are. Uh, sorry we missed Earth Chronicles this week, and it's been just so chaotic. Uh, Josh has been traveling. He's, I think he's actually over at, uh, what's that place? That ranch, that paranormal uh, ranch, whatever the hell it's called. He's, he's traveling all over the place looking at some stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. I'll keep you guys posted. My podcast schedules become a little bit extra chaotic uh, simply because I'm now running full-time martial arts studio once again. I've got my other projects. I'm working really, really hard behind the scenes on a new Truth Warrior Premium that I'm working on, which is actually really helping me focus some of the research that I'm trying to also bring out in Chapter 10, which I'm uh, going to be getting to as well. So lots going on. Uh, so apologize for some of the switching up of schedules. Uh, I'm going to try doing this Friday show a little bit earlier. I was doing it at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, but I'm going to try to do these a little bit earlier, around 12.30 Pacific time. We'll try that for a little bit. Some of them may not be live. Uh, it may be that I'll have to produce some content and then upload it uh, when I can, but I will try to keep a consistent uh, amount of content on these channels coming out for you. So thank you so much for your support. And if this show provides you any value whatsoever, please do me a solid and share it out as wide as you can. It really does help a lot. And before we jump into things, let me just uh, let you know about where you can go and check out some of the things I'm doing. Uh, you can go to my main website. That's probably the best place to go, dwtruthware.com. If you'd like to support my work and uh, keep me doing this, it really does help a lot. You can support me by becoming a premium Truth Warrior member. It's uh, You can basically do a $6 a month option and you get access to all of my basically exclusive deep dive research on a lot of the subjects that we get into. Uh, you can also go and just sign up on Rockfin. If you get the premium on Rockfin, you get all of my premium content, past and present and future, as well as all the other content creators on Rockfin. You get access to them as well. So it depends how you want to roll it. And it absolutely does help uh, support this show and support my work. Uh, so you can go to check that out on my website. If you go to dwtruthware.com and you go to the premium tab, it's all listed there, the archive of what you're going to get and uh, what's coming down the road. And if you would like to support my documentary series, Cult of the Medics, you can go right now to cultofthemedics.com. First nine chapters are there for free. And uh, I will be bringing chapter 10 out as soon as I can. I'm working what I, doing what I can. It's a, I'm only one man and I'm trying to get it all done. And I don't want to rush it. You can't rush a good thing. So uh, sorry for the delay on that. 
but we'll we'll be getting that out as soon as possible to, to you and uh yeah don't forget to join us on badlands media every wednesday 12 p.m pacific 3 p.m eastern josh and i do earth chronicles and we've had some fascinating discussions over there about all kinds of stuff looking at things from different angles and um and then of course you can also go and check out the amazing project that i've been working on with michael Tessarian since 2016 called unslaved the website is unslaved.com yes it is also a premium uh premium podcast premium content there is a fee involved but it is uh, completely off all of the mainstream socialist media platforms and it's a self-sponsored project. And it's also top shelf research for people that are serious about these subjects. So you can go check all that out. And we just conducted a really fascinating interview with Dr. Melissa Sell on the hemispheres of the brain. I literally just jumped off that recording and it's just amazing what she's pointing to in her research about what could be behind the birth of all this woke stuff, the trans cult, the whole thing, but she's looking at it from a much deeper psychological and even biological perspective. It's quite fascinating. So for unslaved members, look forward to that. I should have that out in a day or two once I get everything uploaded and processed and all that good stuff. So there we go. All that stuff is out of the way. I hope everybody's well. We are right now live on Twitch, DLive. We, we were on the Pilled, Foxhole, Rumble, and Rockfin. And thank goodness for platforms that don't censor because we need to keep free speech alive if we want to actually have real meaningful conversations that challenge us to actually think for ourselves as opposed to just thinking like a bee colony, which is what the geopolitical elite would prefer us to do. So the reason I thought of this crisis management thing was because it's absolutely crystal clear to everybody that they are switching the narrative of what the crisis is that you need to be concerned about from one thing to another. It's uh, at a very schizophrenic pace that they're changing crisis over and over and they're, you know, coming back to the old one and bringing in a new one. And it's obvious they're switching it over to the climate thing. If you're not afraid of uh, the COVID variants or the viruses or whatever, then they want you afraid of the weather. Of course, it's, uh, it's it's very, very hot everywhere in the world. It's the hottest it's ever been in like 120 years, says the fake news media. And uh, so therefore, you know, all the forest fires that we caught multiple people committing arson in multiple provinces in Canada and also in the States and also in Europe. And why are all these people out there lighting fires in, uh, uh, you know, in a drought period? Uh, that, who Who does that kind of shit? And why is there so many of them? And why are why are they using that as an excuse to talk about man-made climate change and that that's why the planet is heating up? It's all the cow farts, obviously. And then, of course, off of that, you have the explanations about all these athletes that are collapsing and celebrities that are collapsing and news anchors that are collapsing. And, you know, people have got blank stares in the camera. Uh, you know, we see so much oddities going on right now after the introduction of the experimental injection that was basically forced upon the world. And you're not allowed to talk about that. That's not a crisis that we want to address. Uh, the crisis are selected for you to, this is what you're going to be afraid of. This is what you're going to focus on. And don't you dare listen to anybody that has a different perspective on, on maybe what we should be paying attention to, like human trafficking, like corruption in our government, like, all the fraud and criminality and tyranny and evil and conspiracy that does indeed exist in our world that we could totally solve if we just uh, actually started paying attention to it and 
and uh, took more control and rule over our own personal lives rather than giving it away to people that don't really give a shit about us and actually think we are a cancer on the planet and that there's too many of us running around on it. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I don't like to put all my trust and faith in those types of people. And those are the types of people that gave you the COVID pandemic scare uh, and are giving you the exact same scare on the climate stuff and all the other things. So crisis management is a really key element in totalitarian societies. And this is something that anybody that's ever studied totalitarianism from any of the isms, forget about that. That's all just window dressing. It's the same force behind it all. It's the same, same control freaks just with different costumes and maybe a different few different flavors of Gatorade, but it's all Gatorade in the end of tyranny and central control and uh, basically using everything as a crisis and an emergency to keep everybody in a state of fear and anxiety so that they're willing to give you their freedom and in doing so, their land, their resources, their wealth, everything. Uh, this is the new form of modern warfare, in my opinion, is narrative warfare, information warfare, mind warfare. This is a psychological war. We, we say that a lot. I don't know if people really understand the gravity of that, of how true that is. That in the past, they used armies and invasions of physical brute force to take over areas of land and conquer nations and eradicate the people they didn't like and enslave people. Um, but now they don't need to really do that as much anymore. They can get a hold of your media, your, they can infiltrate your education systems, they can implant their puppets that don't really think for themselves into positions of power that are unearned, often stolen and rigged so that they can get their guys in to complete their enterprise of you know, whatever it is they're trying to achieve, which doesn't seem to be boding well for the rest of us. And so I wanted to think about this from the perspective of when we heard Yuri Bezmenov, former KGB defector, defining what was part of this um, totalitarian setup in Soviet Union, Russia, where they used the four stages of ideological subversion. Even that term, ideological subversion, what are we talking about? Mind control, basically, how to subvert. Look at that word, subvert. To subvert your natural thinking, your natural will to implant their ideas into your head so that you think like them. This is how all manipulators operate. I'm sure you've met a few in your life. Maybe you've had a few relationships with them. Maybe you've worked for them or with them in your job. Can you imagine people like that? If you have some examples in your mind right now of people that operate like that, they're manipulative, they utilize ideological subversion to get you to think like them. And if you don't think like them, they just classify you as evil or stupid or whatever. They resort to name calling uh, or whatever it is. These are people that are deeply, deeply afraid to think on their own and they must recruit you at all costs to their way of seeing things. And if you don't, well, then you're the baddie. You're the baddie. And that's the kind of psychological warfare that's been used here in Canada. It's been used all over the world. We're all going through it uh, at the hand of our media and our government. That's gaslighting the hell out of us on every front. And what's that, what's that for? And what's even all this confusion that they're trying to engender? You know, all the contradictions that we point out 
You got New York Times on one day and New York Times on a different day and they're contradicting each other. Do you think they're not aware of this? On one level, a lot of these people aren't because a lot of this is subconscious. But on another level, they're absolutely aware of it because keeping your target audience confused and afraid is what you need to subvert their psyche, to subvert their natural will, to subvert their logical thinking. It's just classic. We've seen it in countless experiments, uh, Ash experiments, Milgram experiments, MKUltra experiments, the experiments that they're running on us right now. And they have been for the past many years now. And um, you, you, the question is, who, what kind of person does this? Why would they be doing this? And how are they doing it? And of course, crisis is the way. Crisis is the way. Crisis is the new religion. One crisis at a, you have Klaus Schwab up there talking about polycrisis. We live in a polycrisis age. Do we now? Or do you live in a polycrisis mentality and are just simply trying to superimpose that onto all our minds so that we heal to whatever you're trying to make us do? And it's, it's amazing to see how these guys admit their own psychology to you if you just know what you're looking at. These people live in a state of crisis. That's what I was saying. And this was something I think where I first heard this idea from C.S. Lewis, where he was identifying, um, you know, screw tape letters. You got to read that book or listen to the audio tapes or whatever. Uh, he's trying to get at the nature of evil. <clears throat> and there's many other great writers on this as well. Nathaniel Brandon. I'm going to be doing more on some of the stuff he points out. That's just, oh, it's, I was listening to some of his older lectures from like the late sixties and man, unbelievable what insight he had into the psych, what did he call it? The psychology of demoralization, something like that. And, uh, you know, you just bring all these elements in and you're just getting the profile of how manipulators work whether they're in your personal life, because remember everything here, I'm not just here always talking about some big grand plan that's going on. We're trying to understand the origin of the, the psychology behind the people concocting these criminal conspiracies or these um, using crisis as a way of gaining illegitimate power. And using crisis to gain illegitimate power is as old as human humanity. And it happens on the individual level in your personal life you can notice these trends in other people and then we obviously see these are the people ruling over us they live in a constant state of fear and fretful anxiety about nature itself about nature itself we've spoken about this many times on unslaved these people the psychological profile of the manipulator of the psychic vampire of the totalitarian is one born out of anxiety and fear of life. Fear of life. Life in the fullest sense. Live, thrive, grow, evolve. You know, the, all the great aspects of what it is to be human. These people are frightful of it because they can't control nature. They can't, they can try to put it under a microscope and try to isolate it and categorize it and split it up into all these different categories, but they can't control it to the extent that they wish they could. 
And um, there is elements of nature that we can't absolutely control, but there's so many that we can't. And I'm talking more on the principle level here, the philosophical level. You can't control the outcome of the consequences of your actions or your non-actions. You can just observe that there's consequences to your actions or non-actions. And then you can either get with the program and try to change your behavior and orientate yourself to a natural connection to the natural order, or you can try to fight against it and create your own new world order and superimpose it on the natural order. And uh, so those types of people, that's what I mean when I say they're in a state of a fear of life and death. So there's the death, the, obviously the fear of death, uh, the whole thing about how, well, life is finite, so I should be able to just do whatever I want and, um, you know, not have to suffer any of the consequences. I think the, the biggest consequence of life is death. So that obviously creates a, a mental complex in a lot of people rather than, you know, a more holistic view of seeing it as a cycle and understanding what that cycle really is. And then there's the fear of life that is kind of weird for people because people are like, what are you saying? These, uh, these elite psychopaths, these politicians, these, you know, cultists or whatever, they have a fear of life. That, that seems weird. Well, yes, yes, they do. They have a fear of the consequences of nature. It's an antipathy to nature. And um, so what are they trying to do? They're trying to change it. And that's why they're trying to change human nature. That's why they're obsessed with it. That's why these people are dyed in the flesh transhumanists, materialists, and dogmatists, even though they'll never admit it. See, they see themselves as the antithesis to dogma, but all they've done is create another dogma. And um, when you get to the root of where that comes from, that's where you can really start to understand who is doing this and why, more importantly, why they are doing this why they're either creating crisis on purpose to provoke the reaction that they need to take advantage of, to install the next phase of what, of the kind of control that they want or the kind of power grabs that they want. And remember power, the seeking of power, the seeking of illegitimate power rather than the actualization of your own personal power. Seeking to gain power over others is the trait of somebody that lives in that deep fretful anxiety about life. Because somebody that doesn't live there and is much more centered and much more connected to their divine source and their, their reason and their understanding of life and their love of life. If you are live in a state of, you have a love and a, an a appreciation for life and for the natural order, you don't need to control other people. You don't need to subjugate anybody to your will. You, have, you don't have that need in you. You can get into a relationship with someone and actually have a relationship because you've built a proper relationship with yourself. You've activated that inner kingdom of heaven and you understand um, that you are not here to control other people. And that the instinct to want to do that comes from your fear of life from your fear of living on your own. And so what you're going to do is try to subjugate people around you. And we see this in control freak relationships that what are they trying to do? They're trying to not just express their opinion to you or give you a different take and give you the freedom to make up your own mind and be who you are. They're not creating an environment to allow you to be you. What do they do? They want to turn you into them. That comes from this inner angst that I'm talking about. 
So you'll see it. You can see it probably as I'm talking about it. Hopefully, if I'm making any sense, you're thinking of examples in your life. You know, there was a time when I was even like this, when I was still living in that fretful state of anxiety that I wanted to try to control every outcome, control everything, everybody, you know, that instinct that happens, you know, I was in my teens and you're still trying to figure shit out. And so, you know, you can become a bit of a, a control freak because what's a control freak? Somebody that has no inner control. So they try to seek external control, which is a total illusion because you're up against nature, which is billions of years in the making. And here you are, you know, a young, you know, um, ignorant kind of fool in a way when you first start out on the path and you're trying to control and tame that as opposed to working with it. And so what do you do? You get into relationships and what are they? They're not vehicles of expression. You're not using that other person as a mirror. You're not using that. You're not, there's no empathy there in those kind of relationships. You're seeking to control and dominate other people. And then you call it love. And then here we are, but it's not love because it's not authentic. So these people, these dictators that are using crisis to talk about an opportunity what is the opportunity they keep saying these crises give them? COVID was an opportunity. Even Trudeau, COVID provided us an opportunity. Christia Freeland, COVID provided us an opportunity. Now they're saying the exact same sentence about the climate. Well, the climate is providing us an opportunity to redistribute the wealth of the world. Wait a minute. I thought this was about the climate, not about a bunch of Marxist stuff. Is there a connection? God forbid we speculate as to whether or not there's a connection. But yeah, what's the profile? Well, they live in that fretful anxiety about life. Everything is a crisis to which everyone must be forcibly recruited to do something about. There's your activists, the, the fake activists, okay? There might be some good activist groups out there and good people that are active. You know, in a way, we're, act, we're activists for the cause of freedom and truth and justice, right? And, and a sane, rational society. Uh, that is more in harmony with nature and uh, not constantly trying to fight against it. And so, yeah, you're kind of an activist, I guess, but I just, that word, I don't like it anymore because look at the state of activism today. It's fake. These people holding up traffic in the UK, <laughs> moms are trying to get their kid to a hospital and they're not going to budge. And you call that moral. You call that yeah, these aren't these are these are these people are insane all the people that were ad, activists for uh trying to find a solution to this terrible plague that just suddenly swept the world out of nowhere of course and uh yet they were their first one on the phone to report you and your family if you were in any way violating the edicts from the totalitarians right and there's so many other examples and then now here we are in the place where you have the more, I think, rational people that are looking objectively and going, okay, we see the game. We see the game. We keep seeing the pattern everywhere. And they're also deflecting any kind of blame. This is another signal you're going to see. Instead of taking responsibility for giving the world false information about any of these crises, quote unquote, uh, they will just keep doubling down over and over again. And you'd have boatloads of science rolled out to show that 
Lockdowns didn't do anything. In fact, they made things worse. Boatloads of science to show no, the sea levels aren't rising. You guys have been calling for every kind of end of the world scenario for at least a hundred years, and you're like 50 and 0 in terms of predictions. So we are we are right to question what you're telling us here. And then when you have these people going, oh, we got opportunities, other opportunities out of these crises, you're like, well, that's going to beg the question, are the crises created for the sake of the opportunity, which is really just a word they use in place of political agenda, uh, or are they manufactured? Are they just taken advantage of? And are we right to question the people that continue to push these kind of narratives on us? I think absolutely we are. So, but remember that the activists, all the activists group, your Extinction Rebellion groups, the Black Lives Matter, all these groups that are inauthentically promoting change and and through activism, and this is what we need to do. We need to add. We need more laws. We need to give government more power to get rid of all the baddies and and save us from all the crisis in the world. <laughs> Which, just as a side note, is insane to me because it's the idea that the only force in the world that is capable of addressing any legitimate crisis. Let's just say for a minute, some of these crises are legitimate and they are existential crisis and we only have 11 years left or whatever they're trying to tell you, which they've been saying for decades and here we are. Um, but let's just say, okay, let's say there was a legitimate crisis that you're trying to sell us. Why is it always giving government or small corporations or not small, but big multinational corporations, basically a small handful of people, more power and control over your life? Why is that the only solution to crisis in the minds of these nitwits that are out there faking virtue? This is the other thing. The fake virtue is so an obvious tell that you're with a manipulative sociopath that's trying to control you and make you do what they want. They are, this isn't just about appeasing or appealing to your reason and bringing you all the facts and the evidence and being totally upfront. And, you know, that's not how the government behaved in Canada during the COVID thing. That's not how they're behaving now with all these other crises that they're manufacturing for us or, or overblowing in the public mind. They're, they're, they're giving you a one seasoned approach that always leads in the same direction less power for you as an individual and more power for the tiny few at the top power in every way power over your mind power over your land your country your property your children your finances your wealth the ability you have to create wealth now you're out there trying to create uh do what a human should do which is to go and turn nothing into something and create value in the world. And what do they do? They hijack you and tax you to death and surveil you to death and police you to death. Yet nobody's taxing or policing or surveilling them. So it's a contradiction. That's another telltale sign that you're not dealing with people that have a benevolent up and up agenda. And the other thing is a lot of their ideologues, these little activists or whatever that believe they, they've been brainwashed to, to think, that they are somehow the new Avenger team that's out there to save the world from evil and calamity by listening to known liars and criminals and following all their narratives. Um, they have this feeling of meaning that they derive from being that and advocating for that. 
those people, those Karens and Kens out there that were policing you in Costco because you weren't walking in the right direction that the arrows on the floor said you should walk or weren't wearing enough masks or whatever the hell it was, those people weren't just doing that because they were petrified of the virus or whatever and they were trying to save grandma. Those people were deep down on a psychological level doing it also because that gave them meaning that they couldn't otherwise create for themselves in this life. We want to feel like we're holier than now. We want to feel like that. We want to feel like we know it all and you know everybody else knows nothing. We want to feel superior and the superiority complex is born out of what? Fear and anxiety. Because it's a it's a compensation. It's overcompensation. Superiority complex, totalitarian complex, call it what you want. It's, it's a compensation. It's an internal psychological compensation. That's what it is. So just see it for what it is. But then this is what I really wanted to talk about. These are just the useful idiots. Even some of your politicians who probably read some Club of Rome documents or got sat down in some round table and told this is what's happening. This is the crisis and here's how you manage it. And this is the only way, you know, you listen to the Chinese Centers for Disease Control. You don't follow all the other scientists we already had here in the West that already knew tons of other protocols we could take in any kind of real pandemic. Let's just throw that out. Let's swap it. You're only going to listen from, from this script. They're, these guys are, they probably don't even have the intelligence enough to even question any of that. They were groomed and put into those positions and installed in those positions. And I think many of them have no idea about, about the whole thing. They're just little cogs in a wheel, but they're placated by the prestige of their position, the, the payoffs, the bribes, maybe a little blackmail going on. Um, and they're just the ideologues. They're the useful idiots, like what Stalin used to call them. And then there's the level of it, though, above them that knows exactly that this is all a bunch of bullshit. They know exactly that this is all a means to an end. There's another op opportunity behind the crisis, all right. What do you think that is? The opportunity they've been working on for 200 years to install a centrally controlled world dictatorship run by them, the ultimate control freaks of the world, who deep down they know that a lot of that stuff is smoke and mirrors. These are the criminal psychopaths that literally only seek control, power, and domination. They've lost their humanity, which is why we constantly speculate as to whether this is even human or not. And there might be something to that as well. But just staying on the human level here, the people that are at the top of this, the people that I'm going to be looking into in this upcoming uh, premium presentation I've been working on, they're going to be calling the occult conspiracy. Um, they are using the, uh, you know, these, these people are well-meaning, the lower level rung people. They are well-meaning in the beginning. They're just like, I see a problem. I see a crisis. I live in a state of existential fear already. And here's a crisis that's been handed to me on a silver platter. And here's an opportunity to become something, an advocate for the cause right? A revolutionary. 
to go out and spread the gospel of the people that write the gospel for me. It comes right from the Club of Rome and the UN and, and all these others. Those people are just used by the primary psychopaths that know this is all just smoke and mirrors. They know the climate goes through cycles. <laughs> they know that locking people down and destroying nations and economies and plundering economies during vulnerable periods of time, they, they know that that's not the way you address any kind of disease or plague that's running around. But they know how to recruit people. And the reason it works is because people get blinded by fake, inauthentic virtue and fake inauthentic narratives that make them feel and it's fake but they feel it it feels real to them make them feel important make them feel like they're fighting the baddies and they're saving the world the desire to save the world alone is just something to look at you're going to save the world little you why are you why do you want to save the world so badly does the world need saving what is the world we're talking about like the like earth or the world of people. So you're going to try to save all the people. Okay. What are you saving the people from? Well, disaster, calamity, and disease, Dave. Okay. But in that fretful, anxious state that you exist in from the start, don't you see how you can get in and with this, uh, that's the lie you tell yourself that it's about saving the world, but really you're trying to save yourself somehow, right? And what are you saving yourself from? Your anxiety. That's the real, that's the controversial bit that everybody tunes out at, right? They're like, no, no, it's altruistic concern for the world and other people. And I just want to save all the homeless people and all the gay people and all the black people and all the downtrodden little guy people. And I'm here to fight for and be a champion for them when we all know the truth. We all, I would hope that that, I mean, that'd be nice if people were authentically wanting to try to help other people. That's great. But I, I call bullshit. I don't think the true intention with these types of people that we're looking at here, these useful idiots that are impervious to any kind of counter evidence to show, oh, look, they're pulling your leg here. They're leading you down the garden path. They're, they're yanking your chain, man. They have other ulterior motives, the people you're you're listening to. You don't know it. And they they won't listen to you. See, that's that's how I know it's not authentic. Because if it was really authentic, they go, oh, well, then that's the that's the crisis we need to address. We got a bunch of psychopaths running around trying to trying to take over all the land, resources, and wealth in the planet. And just, you know, and it, there's something else behind this. Well, what could it be? And you know, that they would instantly be at least open to hearing about it. But the fact that they're never open to it tells you, okay, there's, there's something going on inside these people that this gives them some kind of meaning for, for life that they didn't otherwise have. If they already had a meaning of life, regardless of any crisis, then they wouldn't be so easily pulled into these bullshit narratives. So crisis gives meaning to people. That's really where I'm trying to get to here. Isn't that interesting? A crisis can give people meaning that didn't otherwise have meaning. So then they're going to be the first people that are ready to adopt the 
the narrative of the people telling them, well, here's the crisis. Here's the solution. We're the Avenger team. Listen to us. We're the good guys. Anybody opposing us is the bad guys. And off you go. And they go, all right, I'm in. It's simple. Anybody with an IQ above room temperature can jump into it and get active and feel like they're superior to everybody else. Who doesn't want to jump onto that ship? Well, the people who are authentic wouldn't want to jump on that ship, but people who aren't authentic with themselves, uh, yeah, that's the perfect place for them to be. And that's why they keep jumping into it. So just wanted to put that out there, make sure it's clear. We've talked about this many times. Um, that if we're dealing with people that aren't really authentic in their aim, to help make the world better, which is always going to be what their argument is. What's the, what's the uh, slogan of the World Economic Forum? Improving the state of the world. And I've said it many times before. Yeah, just read that three times and think about what they're really telling you. Improving the state of the world. The people that want to create a world state, a world government, a world tyranny, a world totalitarian system. Improving the state of the world, all right. But you think it's them improving the state of things in the world and in society and helping the homeless and feeding the poor, helping the starving kids in Africa, sending Bill Gates over there to experiment on them first and then bringing those experiments here to the West. Sounds lovely. You see that it starts to break down when you just study the actions of these people. Forget about what they say, even though a lot of times the Freudian slip comes out where they're like, yeah, guys, and there's just too many humans on the planet. So... Let's just keep making more vaccines. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, isn't vaccines supposed to save lives? But you, you have this problem that the crisis is there's too many humans. Hmm. I wonder if there's something more to that. So just wanted to look at that. But uh, yeah, let's get into some of this where uh, <laughs> like, here, I'll, I'll pull up my Twitter and let's have some fun. And let me, let me know what you think in the comments. I hope I'm making sense here with this stuff, guys. I always try to work to be more articulate and break it down in a way that hopefully doesn't get me in too much trouble and also makes some sense to you. Um, but let's do, let's share the Twitter. Is it, tw we can't call it Twitter. It's X. Sorry, I'm, we're Xing right now. It's X now. It's X. So there we go. I mean, the headline speaks for itself, right? ABC News. <laughs> I love that it's called ABC because when I think of the baseline intelligence of the average producers and journalists that work for ABC News, they do have a sort of ABCDEFG kindergarten level consciousness. So it kind of fits. But anyways, ABC says, rise in heart disease may be explained by extreme weather conditions. A study says, <laughs> guys, come on. Like, you believe this? The rise in heart disease that we've just seen? Because, so here they go. They're admitting that there's a rise in heart disease. Do you get it? Because three months ago, I'm old enough to remember three or four months ago when we couldn't get anybody to admit that there was actually a rise in heart disease. I would go on. Uh, social media and, and talk about, oh, look at all these studies. Look at all this stuff. We see the heart disease kicking up. We see all these athletes dropping in the pitch and I had all these 
trolls coming in going, no, that's normal. We just didn't diagnose it properly before. And that's why it looks different. But really, when you look at the mean of this, this data line over here, we didn't really go up that much after the introduction of the experimental injections. That's just a bunch of conspiracy nonsense. Well, now they're sort of changing the narrative. You're seeing more articles like this where they're trying to tell you, and they've been saying this for a while, uh, that all these, everything else but the possible consideration that this new thing that everybody got forced to be injected with might play a role in some of the upticks we see in stage four cancers and prion disease and autoimmune deficiency and strokes and people's faces sloping half off of their heads and, you know, paralysis and crazy, you know, just everything you can imagine thrombosis and blood clots, the same thing, uh, myocarditis, pericarditis in young people. They're trying to normalize that. And now, of course, everybody goes, okay, I'm seeing this in my own everyday experience. And then they go to the news and they're there to tell you, oh, don't worry, calm down. Everything is fine. It was, it's just the weather. <laughs> it's just the weather nonsense absolute and total nonsense um i'm gonna skip some of this oh like you know this is just mitch mcconnell there kind of that whole incident man the, these guys are what he's like 150 years old like the poor guy but you also wonder i'm pretty sure he got the jibber jab and uh, the blank stare in the camera effect where he has to be escorted off stage in front of the media just sort of, to me, symbolizes the state of governments around the world right now. We just don't know what to say to you guys anymore. <laughs> the lies are so obvious. Trust in government and media is at an all-time low and it's continuing to collapse in on itself. And so I just feel like symbolically, poor old Mitch McConnell, he uh, kind of... He's going to be the archetype for government moving forward, at least for me. Hunter Biden plea deal. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so here we go. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> let's just hear it from this. Mr. Antonio Gutierrez, former leader of the World Socialist Movement and chief of the United Nations. And for scientists, it is unequivocal. Humans are to blame. All this is in okay for scientists. It's unequivocal that humans are to blame. <laughs> humans are to blame, says the human. Uh, allegedly, humans are to blame. What are they to blame for? They're entirely consistent with predictions and repeated warnings. Uh, your consistent predictions and repeated warnings have all failed, sir. Did you watch Al Gore's film and all the predictions he made that never came true? We got more polar bears than we had back then now. We were supposed to lose all the polar bears by now. The rising sea levels were supposed to wipe out New York already or something. You can go through the film and just see, and not just the film, but just the whole rhetoric of the, the climatistas ever since the real summit and the Club of Rome documents and all of that. Uh, we, we've seen... Yeah, there's definitely something, the weather and climate is changing. God knows we're not going to get into the geoengineering discussion, right? right? We don't want to talk about that. But, you know, in, in general, 
you guys are batting you're not batting at a very high average right now when it comes to uh the predictions and of course this is the same guy that told you that uh, all all the things about your covid things that have now been completely debunked by actual science so you're not really you guys are not really batting at a high average and you wonder if that might have something to do with the fact that people aren't trusting what you're saying anymore the only surprise is the speed of the change well the speed of the change is because you guys hit the foot on the gas pedal because you know that consciousness is rising and that people are resisting uh this very obvious to see agenda all over the world and so you guys had to just come out swinging because otherwise uh it all would have fallen apart and i think you bit off a little bit more than you can chew and it's all starting to backfire now isn't it climate change is here it is terrifying and it is just the beginning ah so this is how these people exist they want you to exist in their state of total anxiety about every possible thing climate change is here it's just beginning and it's terrifying so th this is what these people preach to you be afraid be very afraid be afraid of nature nature is fighting back against the filthy humans of which it's all our fault we're not going to talk about the big multinational corporations or halliburton or all the stuff that uh a lot of these guys have been involved with themselves to pollute the environment and destroy the environment we're going to blame general humanity for actually buying all the products and the vehicles and all the things that we've spent decades selling them and we're going to fly around the world in our big jumbo jets and have massive conferences champagne cocktail conferences um, to talk about the evils of humanity the pollution of the planet and man-made climate change because we're basically just walking contradictions but we don't want you to think about that so just remain in a state of perpetual anxiety and fear the era of global warming has ended the era the era of global boiling has arrived. <laughs> the era he had to stumble through the teleprompter pitch there the era of global warming has ended guys just want you to know so next person that starts talking about global warming smack him upside the head and be like yo bro this ain't no global warming this is global boiling have you gone down to the ocean front and seen the water actually boiling i live across from the pacific here and I'm looking at it right now, and uh, it's just beautiful, actually. It's just nice and beautiful. I got a nice, cool breeze. The weather is just perfect where I am. Blue skies for a change, which is nice. They didn't do any spraying today. And, yeah, I don't see any boiling oceans or anything like that, so I don't know what you're really talking about. Is he referencing the slow boil of the frog thing? You know, is that maybe a little tongue-in-cheek happening here? The air is unbreathable. The air is unbreathable because of all the cow farts. The heat is unbearable. The heat is unbearable. The heat of our economic policies that are absolutely crushing your economy and destroying your, your nations. Yeah, pretty unbearable. And the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. Oh, it's unacceptable. So just, yeah, we, we just keep working on our intermittent energy uh, replacements that are going to completely turn the entire Western world into a third world of total poverty because, you know, nothing's going to work. And of course, we're never going to release the patented uh, classified uh, free energy technologies. Uh, we're not going to ever tell you guys about that. So just...
get on your knees and do as we tell you. Leaders must lead. Leaders must lead. Leaders must lead. Well, we're not going to be led down your path, that's for sure. Um, let me go back here. There's another little bit. <laughs> so these are these are the people that we've had to listen to on so many of these different fronts. And I know you guys know this is all part of the same thing, but there's still so many other people that I know, which is still boggling my mind, that they might admit to the fact that they were probably lied to about a lot of things regarding the pandemic, but they will never admit that the same people telling them this yarn about the climate thing uh, are the same people. So if we couldn't trust them on that, why are we choosing to trust them on this? I don't know. And that's, of course, outside of any kind of real scientific debate we could have on every point they're trying to make. But the problem is they don't want debate. That's another sign of totalitarians. They don't want anybody to come in and go, they don't even want you to raise your hand. That's what I've noticed. This isn't just, oh, you guys have some kind of hateful, bigoted message, so we have to censor you because you're going to hurt other people's feelings. This is not that. This is not why people are being censored. People are being censored because they're raising their hand. Because look at the people that are being censored. They are scientists. They are geologists. They are doctors and medical practitioners and political historians, political uh, political scientists that are saying, hey, wait a minute, we've kind of seen this happen before. Um, are you sure you're not pulling a fast one on us again? Like, no, 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 silence that guy. So they don't want any discord. They don't want any, uh, any dissenters that are going to say, I don't really see what you're talking about. The, the evidence is not as cut and dry as you're presenting it, and you're actually fabricating a lot of it, embellishing a lot of it, and you're censoring alternate opinions. So of course you can have scientific consensus when you're censoring all the other scientists that don't agree with you, right? That's one of the best banners that I saw at one of the protests. This is so true. Of course, everybody's in agreement when you censor the people that aren't in agreement. All right, let's move on from that one. This is another one I really wanted to dig into. This is just insane what's happening in Canada right now. Uh, political prisoners uh, with the Coots guys, Coots Alberta boys, uh, who, who've been in prison for over 500 days without having any charges laid against them officially. Like, what is that, right? You had the freezing of the bank accounts. You had the curb stomping of peaceful protesters by the government who was trying to make it look like, well, the protests were violating all of the lockdown and social distancing guidelines and therefore, they posed a risk to the public. And our job as the government is to protect the public. And you're like, well, what about the George Floyd protest that happened in the summer of love 2020 during the height of the pandemic, where thousands and thousands of people in every country in the world, basically, or most of these countries, uh, were out in the streets violating all the social distancing rules with full support of the government and the media. What about all the protests? in Canada during the pandemic where it turned into burning down churches and buildings and tearing down statues. I would say those people were speaking rather moistly and were standing in a very close proximity to each other and weren't walking on the arrows. There was no arrows on Yonge Street to show people 
during the, you know, where to go. There was no, uh, partitions, glass, fiberglass partitions put up for each protester to, uh, stand in a separate cage to protest. There was no officials there promoting social distancing. There was no mandatory masking in those areas. There was nobody policing that. So you had those protests, you had extinction rebellion events going on during the pandemic. Those people were not bludgeoned by the police. Those people were not accused of being domestic terrorists and violating health orders. Those people were not fined thousands of dollars for breaching the guidelines that came from Dr. Teresa Tam and the whole, uh, the whole group there, whole coterie. So yeah, but we have national Post. This is recent article. When does this come out? Uh, yeah, this article was published July 26th, only a couple days ago. Stay at home. Ontario mom find $37,000 for organizing anti-restrictions COVID protests. Kimberly Newdorf was fined for organizing demonstrations that helped give the Elgin County town a reputation as a national anti-restriction epicenter. Who cares about the... She's organizing a peaceful demonstration. It's protected under the Charter of Rights. Just as the climatistas got to organize their demonstrations, which don't always turn out to be very peaceful, just like all those other demonstrations that turn into burning and looting and destruction to public property that nobody got fined for. So I just feel like there's a bit of a contradiction here. The COVID-19 public health crisis may be over, but a stay-at-home mom who organized two large anti-restriction protests in Elmer in 2020 found out that there's a hefty cost to thumbing her nose at pandemic emergency measures. <laughs> Look at her shirt. Her shirt says, glorious and free, <laughs> which is part of the Canadian national anthem before they edited it. Kimberly Newdorf was slapped with a total of $37,000 in fines for attending and organizing demonstrations that helped give the Elgin County town an enviable or an unenviable reputation as a national anti-restriction epicenter. Notice they always use anti-restriction, the anti-this and the anti-that, the anti-vaxxers, the, an the, the deniers, the, the conspiracy theorists. They have all these like derogative names that every time I talk to people that have uh, fled communists or fascist or totalitarian regimes before, they always say that this is how it goes. They find words like traitor or uh, things like that that demonize a person who's simply saying, I don't agree with the policies of this government. Which in a free democracy, like everybody likes to talk about, you're supposed to have a voice. You're supposed to have a right to, to do that. And... That's why it's pretty interesting to see people like Trudeau jumping through hoops to say, oh, I'm here to defend freedom and I'm going to go over to Europe and educate them about the brilliant free democracy we have in Canada and support free speech and rights for the individual. And that's what separates us from the rest of the world. And you're like, sorry, was that you, Trudeau saying that? Like the heavyweight champion violator of such things in his own country? But you see how it's selective? It's selective. Approve, regime approved protests in the streets during the so-called pandemic, totally fine. Non regime non-approved protests, we're going to freeze bank accounts of single mothers. We're going to 
put these average Canadians in jail because they dared defy our authority? Which is illegitimate because the authority that they have been espousing is not really granted to them. It's all just a big, uh, big shell game. And we are going to find these poor moms who were organizing events to raise awareness to the fact that the science wasn't settled and there were many scientific voices. And even if there wasn't, there were many people that had a lot of questions about what their government was asking them to do. And they didn't really see the evidence of what they were being told was happening and the impact to their lives, their jobs, everything was being absolutely destroyed. And so they rebelled and said, no, we're not doing this. And we're going to organize. And it turns out she wasn't alone. The the reason they're making her a target is because her campaign was successful. Her message resonated with a lot of people in that town who also went out to protest. And that's why they're complaining. The National Post is complaining about, oh, it became known as an epicenter of res restrictions, denial, or whatever they're calling it. The reason they have to say that is because it, her message was popular. It resonated with people. A lot of people agreed with her. So here's a quote from, who I'm not sure who they're quoting here. They're saying in the article, they're saying, this was disruptive. This was planned. This was encouraged. Oh, said Justice of the Peace, Anna Hampson, in her decision at St. Thomas's Provincial Offenses Court. Because these judges are all activists, most of them. The limitations were in place. They ought to have been respected. <laughs> it's the polite Canadian way of saying, do what we tell you to do, or we're totally going to fuck with your life to a point where you don't want to live anymore. Like that's, we are going to bring the strong heel of our power and authority over your head. If you even dare exercise your right to free speech and to dissent against government policy in supposedly a free society, we're not going to, we're not even going to tolerate such people, as Trudeau famously said. Newdorf, who has moved away from Elmer and relocated to New Brunswick, was charged after organizing two so-called freedom marches, and they put that in quotes, but of course that's exactly what it was. It was about freedom to have personal choice when it came to taking what we were told were just recommendations. We were told the guidelines were recommendations from health authorities. But recommendation is now the new word for established policy, even if it violates the entire scientific method. So now they're just going to have to keep calling it freedom marches in quotes because they don't believe in freedom and they think freedom is dangerous. The first march at the town's band shell attracted 100 to 150 people, probably more than that. While the second drew about 1,000 to 1,500 people, probably way more than that, all unmasked and not respecting social distancing requirements when gathered gathering limits outdoors weren't to exceed 25 people. Listen, National Post, where is your context for this argument? Because I'm pretty sure the Summer of Love protests in 2020 probably not far off from when she organized the protests, most certainly had more than 25 people gathering in one space at one time. Even true to himself, there's video footage of him surrounded by definitely more than 25 people taking a knee 
at that protest. And I'm, I'll just put the objective of the protest aside. doesn't matter. We're looking here for some consistency in the argument, okay? You're going to go after some mom and charge her an obscene amount of money that you know she doesn't have, which means she you just turned her into a slave. And you've branded her as a criminal and a terrorist of some kind. for expressing her views on the imposition of government. And yet all the other protests get a pass. I just, and Costco and Walmart were lined up around the, around the block all the time. And you're going to, well, they were social, were they? Was that, that's bullshit. They made that number up six feet apart. That was an arbitrary number. We got that on testimony. By, by scientists, by doctors. So it's not just us common folk talking about this. And they try to make her, look, at and this, there's a character attack. When asked by Hampson, the judge, if she had anything to say before her sentencing, Newdorf giggled and said she wanted to rely on her lawyer. She giggled because she's a, she's a penitent child that just giggles in the face of authority. So they're trying to create the narrative in your mind. Oh, anybody challenging authority just has an anti-authoritarian complex and doesn't want to play ball and is a threat to the greater society because it's the greater good for the greater number, guys. So she's just this giggling clown child that doesn't want to play ball and therefore it's justified to, to charge her $40,000 during a recession in Canada where everything costs you need to take a mortgage out to go get groceries and put gas in your truck. And you're going to charge a single mom $40,000 for organizing some peaceful protests that didn't result in any destruction of property, didn't result in any burning down of buildings. And all your so-called the science has been totally smashed and destroyed by better science that has now been done and even published in mainstream peer-reviewed journals at this point. The government narrative was wrong. And they're not only are they not going to admit it, even though it's been demonstrably shown in numerous countries around the world, and nobody wants to talk about Sweden, obviously, and other places. Um, even though it's been destroyed, they're still going after and hunting these people down because in the end, this isn't about the, what the crisis was that they said. The crisis for these people, freedom is the crisis that they, don't, they want to eradicate. Because that is what's happening to this world. That is the top-down agenda, is to destroy national sovereignty and in doing so, individual sovereignty and to install a totalitarian technocratic system of total control surveillance. You can't have people advocating for freedom in their country if your country is going to be turned into just another 15-minute city on the world map, a part of this entire control grid that they're setting up. So, of course, that's what... So, they're just attacking political opponents, in my mind, because there's nothing scientific about their arguments and they've never even allowed for a proper scientific debate to be held and they've never even allowed for any of these cases that have been brought to them by numerous groups and firms and WestJet and police organizations and nurses associations and doctors and you know 
great Barrington declarations and on we could go. They're never going to allow those cases to be heard, to actually have a debate about the science, to show where it was flawed and where it was wrong and where the policies of the government destroyed people's lives. They don't want to have that conversation. And so instead of having that conversation to prove us all wrong and lay it to rest and ease our concern about what they've done to us and try to justify themselves, they avoid that, they block everybody, they censor everybody, and now they politically attack anybody. And they're retroactively doing it. That's what's even more frightening. It's retroactive. This was from 2020. Of course, the legal system, quote unquote, moves so slow here in Canada, it doesn't surprise me. It takes years for any of these cases to be heard. And then you just wait rotting in a prison cell until they just sentence you to more jail time for thinking for yourself. I mean, for God's sakes, guys, they had to close the roads down for a little bit, a couple roads for this protest. Meanwhile, they're cheering while all the climatistas are closing down the roads all over the bloody place, totally disrupting. So they'll, they'll give you the argument, oh, the anti-lockdown protests like the truckers and everything else, they closed roads and they prevented emergency vehicles from getting through, which is bullshit anyways. But yet all of their protests, all of the regime approved protests do that all the time on a regular basis and nobody bats an eye. The entire pride month, <laughs> like, come on. Are you kidding me? It's just such a contradiction. So I wanted to tell you the story. I'm not gonna keep reading this stupid article. Obviously, you know, it's propaganda, but. I tried to post this on Twitter yesterday. And I just tried to put some of those contradictions in the tweet. And it wouldn't allow me to tweet it no matter what I did. And then when I just posted the article, it allowed me to tweet it. So my question is, is this that type of censorship? Because I know we got all these new bills in Canada. And I know that these social media companies have to interact with the government. What I'm wondering is that is that kind of censorship happening because Elon's censoring it or the people at Twitter, or is this coming down from the government that you're not allowed to talk about? It? I don't know. Either way, well, free speech, man. It's going the way of the dodo bird. I mean, thank God for platforms like what we're on right now, but man, it, why can't we just get over that? Well, it's because... The whole narrative of why we got to control speech is run by those anxiety-ridden, depressive, totalitarian control freaks that are afraid of hearing other opinions than what they hold. And so, yes, they want to censor free speech. Plus, on the higher agenda, free speech is a threat to tyranny and to liars and criminals. So that's another reason they might want to be censoring free speech, by and large. So, yeah, just another example of just more egregious, double standard, contradiction, banana republic level nonsense. That is what Canada is right now. Now, I'm going to play this one. This was a really amazing speech. I, I, I guess this was held at the European Union. And there was some, I, I don't know who put this, like a trust and freedom conference or something or a a hearing of some kind. I'm still catching up on the origin of where this came from, but I'm seeing all these clips of different people making these incredible speeches at the European Union uh, talking about the, the, the lockdown. So I want to hear this one. Let's bring it up. I thought this was really good. Uh, let's go for it. Then we'll talk about it. 
the privilege to be speaking here today, and I'm honoured to be speaking alongside some of the strongest dissenting voices we have seen in the past three years. I'm also delighted to be here next to British MP Mr Andrew Bridgen, who I've had the pleasure of working with, who's spoken at my rallies, and he is the only MP in the UK Parliament that's brave enough to stand with the people. I have a question, though. Are you scared of me? <laughs> I would never admit it if I was. <laughs> exactly. I'll talk about a few things that, that all of you know. But from 2020 for two years, we all suffered draconian measures based on unscientific and fictional modelling. These measures were enforced by a tyrannical government that repeatedly claimed to be following the science. I think we can all agree they did not. They created a science designed to fit a narrative while these unscientific measures, restrictions and mandates were forced upon us. During this time, it was not easy to be a dissenting voice. Most of us were censored, silenced and cancelled, but some of us were arrested, charged and convicted for exercising our human right to peacefully protest against these cruel and harmful measures. We were isolated, terrorised and oppressed, and this was their new normal. While dissenting voices were silenced and ridiculed, and people who peacefully demonstrated were criminalised, the masses were... The masses were coerced and manipulated through the use of behavioural science, fear-mongering and wartime propaganda. They were forced into taking an experimental vaccine. And this is their new normal. Most recently, I have run a six-month-long campaign that gave a voice to the COVID vaccine injured and bereaved. So most recently, I've run a campaign for the COVID vaccine injured and bereaved. Two of those ladies are in the room with us today, one who lost her mother and the other who's injured herself, who campaigned for truth and justice, not just for themselves, but for future vaccine injured, and we know that will come. I've campaigned for two years telling people that it would be safer to wait, that to discourage them from needlessly participating in an experiment. Unfortunately, today we see the results of a mass vaccination campaign rolled out globally with no informed consent. They mandated an experimental vaccine. They threatened people with the loss of their livelihoods. And now thousands of people in the UK alone have suffered life-changing injury, while others have been killed. This is their new normal. Our rights and freedoms were stripped from us in a way that we have never experienced before. The very people we may have once believed were democratically elected into their positions of privilege to govern by the people, for the people, committed fraud upon the people. I believe that today this fraud has been exposed. As Orwell said, all tyrannies rule through fraud and force, but once the fraud is exposed, they must rely exclusively on force. This power grab as we know it, if we do not resist, will be that force, and that force will be our new normal. I stand with you today to congratulate these citizens to, for taking the first steps to tackle the transfer of power from the people to the unelected and unaccountable World Health Organization. Secondly, I'll call upon the citizens of the world to unite in their respective countries, as we will do in ours, and across all continents of the world, 
and to tell those citizens that you do have a choice. You have the power to effect change and you have a voice, so use it. Now we must work together to stand against this power grab and at the very least raise mass awareness, encourage and demonstrate mass non-compliance. You have a choice not to choose their new normal. Thank you. Wow, really great speech. Exactly. Um, and way to bring up that Orwell quote. That's another good one. That once they lose the argument, once they can't defend their propaganda, they move exclusively to force. And that's what we saw. And we're seeing more and more of it. And this is what they're doing with all of these different crises. The crisis thing is wearing thin on people because they're already experiencing what happened when they believed them the first few times. And yet the evidence of their own eyes and their own life experience contradicts what they were told. And so there's more and more people are starting to question. That's what I say when I say people are waking up. That's, that's what I am talking about. And so we got to notice that, that they're trying to move towards more force, more. Co so it's like coercion. Well, first of all, it was bribery. If you remember, they start with bribery. If the argument doesn't really work, they bribe you. That's what they did. They bribed everybody with ice cream and beer and donuts and all these different things, lottery tickets. And then when that failed, because they weren't getting their quotas in, they started to move into coercion. This is about, oh, you're going to lose your job. You can't go to movies. You can't go in society. You can't do all these things, which violates every all the different uh, constitutions and, and individual rights. And meanwhile, it's just so infuriating because the people enforcing those things are up there talking about individual rights. It's just such an incredible contradiction, but that's the hallmark of totalitarian mindsets. And then they move to brute force because they have nothing left. And that's how I see this. We knew that there was gonna, they were going to turn the temperature up. And I think that's why we're seeing so much of this chaos and so many of these things going on is because more people are starting to realize what just happened. And there's good people around the world trying to bring more awareness to it and also trying to take positive action and bring these culprits to justice, hold their feet to the fire. I can't wait to see some kind of Nuremberg true or whatever you want to call it, just some kind of thing where we get to sit down and actually grill them before we get into all the crimes. I just want to hear, I want to, I want to see them squirming in front of people that know what the real evidence shows. And then we can get to the justice part. So yeah, that was a, that was a powerful one. Um, Another thing that's going on, another sort of mass formation psychosis that they've induced is, of course, all of this trans stuff and these uh, getting these young kids to into an ideology that leads them down a path where they're mutilating their bodies, they're doing permanent alterations to their bodies, they're sterilizing them, and now we have these detransitioners coming out, these people that went down that path. Um, I just I posted one. I won't play it, but. Uh, I retweeted something from Billboard Chris, who was talking about this girl, Chloe Cole, who shares her story. I'm just wondering where this was. Oh, it was a, it was a House Judiciary Committee. 
in the States where she was sharing her story. It's about six minutes long. It's heartbreaking. I've sit th I've sat through hours of these kind of stories of the, I'm always curious about the people that they're young, they're impressionable. They're obviously going through an internal psychological meltdown or there, there's something going on there. It could be born from trauma, could be sexual abuse, could be just physical abuse, could be psychological abuse that, that creates, um, a distortion in the thinking and an imbalancement between the hemispheres. And so then you're in a state where you want to solve it. And what you're told is here's the solution. You're in a crisis in your mind and in your body. And so we have the solution, which is to get you on these drugs and medications that you're going to have to be on for the rest of your life. And God knows who gets to take the profits home from that. And also to drastically mutilate your body uh, which is just the most evil thing I can think of rather than trying to help these people heal on a psychological level. They are entertaining their delusions to the point of physically altering them and carving them up. And then people will get mad at me for calling it a cult of medics. <laughs> you can't get much more culty than that, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, listen to the testimony of the people that survived that kind of mind control operation. It's uh, it's heartbreaking, but we need to hear it. Seeking validation. This was a great quote, and it bears on what I'm talking about. Seeking validation, and we're talking validation by the crowd, by the people around you. Seeking validation will keep you trapped. You don't need anyone or anything to approve of your worth. Understand this, and you'll be free. So th think about the argument of all the pronouns and the whole thing going on with this generation who is uh, being preyed upon by, again, people with an ulterior agenda pretending to be virtuous. It's the vision of the anointed, Thomas Sowell warned us about. They're trying to trap those young kids' minds in the world of seeking external validation rather than to encourage internal validation. See, these kids, you could cure all these dysphorias in a heartbeat if these kids were taught and raised with a positive self-image, self-love. God forbid I say that. Self-love. If I say self-love, people go, your brain goes, selfish, narcissist, out for yourself, individualist. That's just the voice of your inner anxiety. The truth of it is self-love is a requirement for your survival in this world. And this situation with the butchering and mutilation of children who are impressionable and who are in a psychological crisis, a real one, is the evidence of it. Is the evidence of the fact that you need to install the six pillars of self-esteem in these kids, the foundation of who they are. You need to show them their worth so that they don't need your validation to feel worthy of life. Think about this. Nathaniel Brandon in his great book, Six Pills of Self-Esteem, that I can never recommend enough, lays it all out. That to him, the definition of self-esteem is the knowledge that you, me, each person has the knowledge, each child has the knowledge that they are competent to cope with the challenges of life, that they are worthy 
of living. Think about that. You might think it's automatic that a human being is born in the world and they automatically just assume they're worthy of living. Like you think that, but then you realize this is the start. The fact that that's actually not the case, especially when they're raised in an environment that is not reinforcing those things, what happens? If they're not reinforcing the fact that each child has worth within them to manifest and actualize and they have potential and they're not raised with those positive attributes. They're not raised with a positive body image, a positive understanding of nature, the reasons for the consequences that nature gives us, not to fight against it and protest against it and become develop a, a psychological antipathy to nature because of that, but to have a positive view of nature and understand that it's an extension of, of who you are. And that you are worthy of life. You are worthy of living. You are worthy of love. You have the capacity to love others. Who you are is perfect. You are born perfect. What if you were told, what if you told every child on day one, welcome to earth. You were born perfect, just as you are. Just start with that. <laughs> you were born perfect. Even if you have what we call imperfections, there's something called perfect imperfections. Even if you're not equal to everybody else in height and weight, even intellectual capacity, creative capacity, I don't know, the size of your fingers, your hand, I don't know, whatever the things that are, we're different in so many ways. Um, this, this push for equality, which is another word they're going to use. They're using it on the UN website, they're using it in the WEF, they're using it. They even use it with the rollout of these jibber jabs. We want to make sure that these vaccines are delivered equitably. We're looking for equity and inclusion. This is the mantra of the cult to trap you because what's it all based on? What is the precept of all of these culty ideas based on the approval of the crowd? The approval of the psychotic mob that's mind controlled by the media and the talking points of the celebrities and the people reading the teleprompters. Yeah. Can't wait to have their approval. <laughs> Sounds lovely. But if you instill the six pillars of self-esteem that Brandon highlights. I'm going to do more on this. You teach them what you're doing is you're teaching them about the kingdom of heaven within. You're teaching them about who they are and the fact that they have value, they have worth, and they have a reason to be here and that there's, they are perfect as they are. A young boy or a young girl, you are perfect as you are. Even if you're suffering from some confusion or a bit of tomboyishness or some, a bit of this or a bit of that, or you have a missing limb or you have this condition or you have, you know, whatever, whatever is challenging you, whatever is seemed by or, or deemed by everybody else around you as being some kind of a setback or disadvantage. How many, how many stories do we have to keep rolling out of people that were disadvantaged in some way? that came out and became great champions or heroes. I'm, I could sit here, maybe I'll do it. I'll do a whole show just dedicated to showing you example after example of people who went up against all odds, who were told, I'll give you just from my own experience, my parents, according to them, 
were told by the doctor when my mother was pregnant with me that I was going to be born with cerebral palsy. I was going to be a drug addict because I had, so, I don't know where they got that from, that I was going to have all these physical limitations. They were actually talking about abortion with me, not my parents, but uh, certain people around my parents and the doctors and things like that. This is, this is what they told me. And thank God they never did that because here I am and I am absolutely not perfect. I was born, I have scoliosis, uh, mild scoliosis. I've got other things, you know, and, um, but here I am and my parents raised me with the fact that I was born in the image of God and I was born perfect. And, uh, you know, I had a healthy dose of self-esteem growing up and proved the doctors wrong. And there's many other cases, but people have weight. Like there's that guy that doesn't even have limbs and he goes out and he does inspirational speeches to college students. There's all kinds of cases where it, it destroys this idea that everybody has to be the same in order for some kind of justice socially to be achieved. And that if the imagination of a child when they're pretending to be the other gender or they're you know whatever they're 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 thinking about some of these other ideas that mostly are introduced to them by youtube kids and tiktok for crying out loud like it's not like these kids are just inventing this stuff they're they're mimicking their environment that's part of what happens when you're born into this world you mimic your environment fake it till you make it right that's everybody and the message isn't you're born perfect you have self-worth it's derived from within Forget about what other people call you. Forget about what those kids at school are calling you names. See, everything's about, look at the, look at the psychological meltdown of these kids, these poor indoctrinated kids, that if they go into a Starbucks or something and that person doesn't refer to them as the right smoke gender or whatever gender they're supposed to say, that is changing by the day so nobody even knows what they're supposed to call people anymore. If you don't do it, they literally lose their minds. Why? Because they've been hooked into the mind of the crowd as being the only source of validation. And that's the lie. The only source of validation comes from everybody else around you. Wow. You are a slave right there. You are in a slave mentality. You are ripe for the plucking. And you are exactly where the big power mongers at the top who know this is all bullshit, they would agree with me, go... Yeah, but we're just using this as a means to our own ends. So, you know, carry on. So what's the antidote? Don't just tell your kid that they have value. Prove it to them. And it's over. You've won. All these little nincompoops on YouTube and TikTok and all these social gender theory Marxist professors or whatever you can throw at them, they'll be invincible to them for the rest of their lives if you raise them and show them and prove to them their self-worth and, and make little, uh, like we used to have, what did we call them? Like for, for young boys and young girls, rites of passage, right? Remember rites of passage? I'm old enough to remember rites of passage. Challenges that are sort of contrived by the parents in a positive way to teach the child, here's a challenge. I want you to climb that fence. I want you to climb that tree. I want you to come camping with me out in the harshness of nature for a week. We're going to just learn about life or we're going to, you're going to go on a vision quest or you're going to go on a spiritual journey or you're going to go out 
like the Spartan children who would go out and survive in the wild. I mean, that was a little bit extreme, but hey, it was a warrior culture, different age. There's many different examples of this in the warrior traditions. This was what the whole thing was founded on a form of legitimate suffering that introduces the value and the and the worth to that child so that they are now just a mountain of a man, a mountain of a woman. They're not a little tiny grain of sand that can just get blown by the slightest breeze of whatever the culture is saying, whatever the crowd is saying, whatever the powers that be are saying. Strong, strong individuated selves where the lights have been turned on and the lights were turned on by activating the knowledge, not the belief, not the fantasy, not the misunderstanding, not the confusion, but the knowledge that you have self-worth and it's derived from within you and it comes with the package and it needs to be trained like everything. Otherwise the default settings of, oh, I'll just mimic the profoundly sick society around me and eventually hopefully I'll find happiness and, and, and self-actualization, which is a total lie. That's the default setting if you don't introduce this to your children. So if we're going to save the children, let's save them on every possible front in this war. Number one, save their mind from the toilet of these people that themselves lack a self, lack a self-esteem, have no self-love, don't understand that value is derived from within, don't understand that the kingdom of heaven is neither here nor there, it's within you. Don't understand that. And they have no ability, there's nowhere else to go. When you gut somebody of their internal kingdom and their internal, the internal pillars that support them, what's this, what, do, what do they do? They're going to sign up for every cult. They're like, where's the nearest cult? I need a cult. I need a bunch of people to, to validate who I am. And the tyrants go, oh, we've got a smorgasbord of cults for you. We've got a whole vast array, a network, a tangled web of validation, fake validation, because nobody really gives a shit. But we're going to pretend like we're validating you. Isn't that better than nothing? And then all they got to tell the parents, well, if you don't do gender mutilating, body mutilating surgery to permanently alter the physical being of your child, that they're going to commit suicide. So either you're going to get a, like that, that's insanity. That is not the only solution. The solution is this. Give them the knowledge of who they are, the potential of who they are, and the practical steps of how to experience that and how to know that and how to train it and how to develop it and how to become strong and free and to how to, like these are the beautiful components of humanity that they're trying to wash out and replace it with some kind of cyborg, weird, genderless robot that is what? Easily controlled. Those kids are not going to be raising their hand, asking any questions of the tyrannical regime anymore. That's for sure. Because the tyrannical regime gave them an identity. And the tyrannical regime is not just made up of your Klaus Schwab's and Antonio Gutierrez and all these little shills that are operating on behalf of even darker, more insidious cults that work behind them. Uh, this is also enforced by the will of the crowd around you.
So I just uh, needed to rant about that. The seeking of validation. It's a natural thing that you're seeking validation. Don't ever shame your kid for seeking validation from you. They need validation from you. That's why they're like, my daughters, they can't leave my wife alone for two seconds. <laughs> mommy, mommy, look what I drew. Look, look what I did. Look what I can do. And even though sometimes it gets a little bit much and it's sometimes you're kind of like, okay, here we go again. You know, they need the validation. They need it. And don't lie to them either. That's another mistake I think people make is they overvalidate to the point where this kid has a false idea of who they are. And they didn't really do a good job, did they? And yet you told them that they did. So there's another breach where you're giving them false feedback. I believe in constructive criticism, but there's a way to do it. I had to learn it over many years of making mistakes as a coach, trying to coach children, that there's a constructive way to criticize what they're doing so that they can understand the proper way to do it and then achieve the success that they want. So you do, there's a fine line. I know it's difficult, but this is the challenge we have as parents and as guardians of the minds of children in our world is that we have to have a way of being able to be honest and truthful and factual with them and teach them the value of that. Teach them how these are the ingredients of your consciousness that are essential for your survival, not just your physical survival, although look around you, it's absolutely to do with physical survival at this point. But what about your spiritual survival, your psychological survival? Because these kids, because they're not showing the kingdom of heaven, where do they live now? They live in the kingdom of hell. And they become recruited into the empire of hell, metaphorically, and they become agents of darkness instead of children of light. And it's sad to watch. And you can really only get the grasp, the gravity of it when you hear these poor kids that have done the detransitioning process or come out of the fog or listen to people that used to be in some of these insidious cults and they come out of it and they go, yeah, man, like I didn't see it at the time, but wow, like I was just looking for approval that I never got from mommy or daddy. And I found it in this Jim Jones cult and Thank God I skipped out of there before the Kool-Aid ceremony. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, you have value. There's greatness in you. That's what you tell your children. There's greatness in you. There's potential in you. You can overcome anything. You can, the world is a mystery. Go explore. We don't know everything. The adults fucked it up. Go, go. We need people that are brilliant to grow up and fix these problems for us. We know there's solutions to the problems. We needed you to be born into this world and this time to help make this world better because I know you're here for a purpose. You have purpose. You have a meaning. You have a mission to be here. You have purpose for being here. It's not just meaningless. It's not just trivial. You're not another faceless orb in the crowd. You're a unique individual that has been imbued with very specific gifts. There is no equality. Sorry, nature doesn't operate like that. And there's a reason why. It's not unjust. It's to create true diversity, to inspire you to find your talents, to paint the picture your way, to play the song your way, to do that roundhouse kick your way. That's why they're coming up with a gazillion genders is because that's the, the twisted version of that natural instinct to seek diversity, true diversity. It's the diversity of potential, but it's been put into this little 
category, this narrow vision, and it's now warped and now their own mind is working against them. But if they get validation, which was what they were originally seeking when they walked into that gender reassignment clinic or whatever it's going to be. And half the time, that's why a lot of people walked in and took that jab too. Same thing, same psychological impulse. I need to be accepted. I need to feel like I did something in this horrible time. I need to feel value. I need to feel approval. And look, the, the current trend of approval is approving people that follow in lockstep with whatever the UN and the WEF is saying. And so that's where I'm going because I'm getting the validation that I never gave myself. And because I never gave it to myself, I'm always going to be forever condemned to seek it from everybody else around me. But what if everybody else around you has lost their bloody minds and is under mass hypnosis, mass formation? Do you want approval from that? So don't hang your head low when people are laughing at you, calling your names and trolling your threads because you have a different opinion, because you're thinking outside the box, because you're trying to actualize your potential and get out and become something. Don't listen to the voices of dissent there. Use that to fuel you. Use that to motivate you to be better and to find that inner meaning and to bring it out into the world and create beautiful things even while people are spitting on you for doing it because they're jealous of you because they're envious of you. That's the truth. They wish they had the gumption to do that. They don't, so they're going to tear you down. Crab in the bucket. Tell them the story of the crab in the bucket. Teach them about the divine individual. Teach them about what it is to truly work with others. This is the other thing I want to rant. I did another long enough rant on this, but quick little segue here on this point is I did a whole thing on the the debate about individualism and collectivism because I see a lot of people that were out there chanting for freedom and fighting this whole thing and seeing it for what it is and God love them for it, but we see them doing what? Just go find me the nearest tribe. Go find me the nearest crowd to validate me because I lost validation from the mainstream society by questioning and challenging it. So I'm going to jump out of one boiling pot right into another. And I'm going to start demonizing anybody that uses that term individualist, individualism, because they have no idea in the world what it means. And I did a podcast. You can check it out um, on my Podbean or my iTunes. It's just an audio only. And I did a whole rant on it. I'm not going to dig it up, but it's important because the misunderstanding is that somebody that's talking the way I'm talking about you have self-worth if you activate it, if you work with it, if you recognize it. The antithesis to that is if you don't recognize it and that just, you know, that's the path of the individual. That's where it starts. It's psychological. Okay. If you don't, then you're going to be pulled into all these directions and you are ripe for the plucking by the collectivists who want you to think in the hive. They don't want you to think on your own because they know they can control the hive. They can't control the individual because the individual is hooked to infinity is hooked to God, is hooked to nature, is hooked to the universe when they hook to the true imperial self within, which is a spark of all that, a microcosm of all that. They can't control William Wallace's like that. They can't control the 300 Spartans that operate like that. But they can control a raving mob that's stuck in crisis mode and fear. And again, fear, you can be afraid of COVID or climate change, or you can be afraid of the world government and the technocratic world and the transhumanism and the whole thing. 
They don't care what kind of fear you have as long as you got fear and you go and seek the shelter of the nearest tribe. Now, that said, that doesn't mean you can't work with others. This is where the fine print gets missed. We're talking about the foundation of your mind, okay? It's kind of like the simplest explanation. You've probably heard it ad nauseum, but it really helps me explain the point. On an airplane, what do you do? You put your own oxygen mask on first before assisting others. So if your goal is to assist others, if your goal is to work with others towards a common goal, uh, to build a bridge or build a country or build a positive civilization that you can raise your children in. Yay, that's amazing. That's not working against the principles of the individual as I'm defining it here or the champ, the true champions of it ever did define it. It's just saying, get the order right or otherwise you will find yourself in another tyranny. And I need not exhaust you in this show of examples of where that always happens. Starts out well and then very quickly turns into another dictatorship where freedom is destroyed, the human spirit is destroyed, and everybody is common and equal in poverty and mis misery. It's because they got the order backwards, whether they were well-intentioned or not. You have to take care of yourself first, become a strong individuated mind that can think for themselves, can reason for themselves, and that kind of mind is actually hooked to reality because that is the reality of your situation. You were born as a sovereign individual being and you will die as a sovereign individual being. During your life, you will run into other sovereign individual beings and you can choose to work with them. But the difference with individualism in this sense as applied to social uh, aspects or political aspects is that you have the choice to say, Hmm, everybody's running around in mass formation psychosis. I don't really want to go along with that. So I'm just not going to. You have the choice. In a collectivist society, you don't. And when you bring in the psychological component of the fact that most people are not raised with the proper ingredients of consciousness of what it is to be a self, to realize you have self-worth, to realize that you are competent to cope with the challenges of life, and that that might require a little bit of training and a little bit of introspection and a little bit of shadow work, a little bit of reality. If people were taught that, you would have more unity in the world, real, authentic unity. That's the unity. I don't want unity around a bunch of bullshit, do you? Fake virtue? or real virtue, fake unity or real unity. You can't unify with other human beings on anything if you yourself are not unified within first. Does that make sense? So that's where I feel like the misunderstandings are. That is what is being exploited because meanwhile, we have these predators at the top that are sitting here going, oh, lovely. These people are willing to jump right into the boiling pot without us even having to bring out the cattle prod to make them do it. They'll do it up voluntarily. Why are they doing it voluntarily? Because they're looking for approval. Because they're seeking validation, the validation they never received. You can't love another until you can first learn to love yourself. You can't appreciate 
the differences in others if you can't first appreciate and respect and have true inner compassion towards the differences that you have within yourself. So there's a lot of people preaching compassion and unity that are in a state, a condition, a mental condition of self-hate and self-denial, complete denial, completely cut off from that inner spirit that's calling you towards your greatness. So what do they do? They preach the fake version and they bring a lot of people in there because they know we as human beings resonate with the overall message of unity and equality and all these things, right? But you're following soothsayers. You're following these people that are just fakes and charlatans. And they probably don't even realize it consciously that they are. That's the other thing. It's not like Jim Jones knew fully what he was doing. He was operating mostly on unconscious instincts and drives that led him to that sociopathic narcissism that eventually built the savior complex. And then the savior always has to commit mass sacrifice, right? That's the archetype. <clears throat> so teach your children that they have worth and value. It's derived from within. And yes, you need help in the beginning. You need, it's like when you're riding a bike, a great example. When you teach a child to ride a bike, what are you teaching them? You're teaching them individualism right there. You're teaching them how to have self-validation during that teaching them to ride a bike or teaching them how to skate by themselves without having to hold the little thing or whatever. You put them on training wheels, you got dad or mom holding the back of the seat and they're encouraging and they're validating. You can do it, Johnny. You can do it. Look at you go. And he's scared and it's going to take a while. And then you're going to go, okay, now I'm going to let go of the seat. He's still got the training wheels on. You go, okay, I'm by myself now. You're letting, that's a little bit of a rite of passage right there. Small little example. And then what do you do? You go, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take those training wheels off. No, no, no. They're the, they're my stabilizers. They're the, that's what's going to keep me from falling over. Yeah, but guess what? You have these amazing thing called feet that the moment you feel the bike's going to tilt, you just use your foot like a little kickstand, your feet. You are now the training wheels. You don't need the thing anymore. Oh, and they're scared and they're going to fall and they're going to scrape their knee and you're going to go, yeah, keep going. Eventually you're not going to fall. You just need to get used to it. It's all about installing that self-belief that you can do it. And then you show them, look, look at me doing it. I'm going to get on my bike and I'm going to do it. I'm going to ride without my hands. Look what you can achieve. Look at the potential of where you can go if you just keep practicing. I used to fall off my bike. Right. You, you give them that feeling that they're not you're this authoritarian who knows everything and they're just this little kid. You give them, oh, I used to be like you. I used to be a white belt. I used to fall off my bike. And then you let them go. And the moment that look on their face when the, I with both my girls, man, I, it's amazing memory. You just see their face when they finally do it on their own and it proves it to you a thousand times over. That look on your face is the natural expression of a child that just was suddenly introduced to their self-worth. I am worthy. I am able. I am competent to be able to cope with this challenge. I am able to overcome my fear of it. And in, in the overcoming of my fear, I now have a new skill that's going to give me joy, that's going to bring me something in my life. That's the human quality. So that's how you do it. What these totalitarians want is they want you with 
a helmet with a visor and 10 masks and body armor and five sets of training wheels and patrolled armed guards watching you every time you're riding a bike to make sure you don't get hurt. Like hyper, hyper control freaks living in fear, living in a bubble wrapped world that doesn't exist and is purely an illusion. They don't want your kid to fly. They don't want your kid riding the bike without any hands. They don't want them thinking for themselves because then guess what? Now that kid is a threat to them because they never mastered that skill. And that's why the cult of envy comes into the picture here. So crisis management, how do you manage the crisis? Well, you just keep bringing other crises in to replace the other prices when that crisis gets exposed as being a bunch of fraud and you bring in more and more, and then you just keep selling people on this argument of security over freedom. And you just keep pumping that into their heads and people soft headed, fear riddled, anxiety riddled people that were never introduced to their own internal value and greatness are going to be chomping at the bit for it. And they are then going to become the police of the world to police the other sheep, to keep them in the pen so that freedom is looked at as evil. And they're going to call you a conspiracy theorist for saying, hey, the government's really infringing on all of our freedoms. We should probably do something about this. you are like, wow, you're a conspiracy theorist. Meanwhile, they're the biggest conspiracy theorist on the planet because guess what they believe? They believe freedom is a conspiracy. And they want to believe it because they don't realize that freedom doesn't come from a document. Freedom doesn't come from a collective of people. Most of the time, the collective is trying to pull you away from your freedom and hang you on a noose if you ever go against any of their edicts that they literally just pull out of thin air. So what does Albert Camus say? Is that his name? Albert? I could always mess it up. The way to live in an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. Not rebellion for the sake of rebellion, a rebellion against the notion that you are just a carbon copy of everybody else. You're nothing special. Your life is nothing special. This planet is nothing special. This world is nothing special. It's just another cog in a bigger wheel. And you're not intelligent enough to decide your own fate and create your own fate. You got to listen to Bill Gates. You got to listen to our authoritarians that know better because they're, they're, they're more intelligent than you. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have the source of intelligence that's behind all creation living within you. You're a product of it, and they're telling you to not listen to that, and that um, Trudeau knows best, right? Like that's how they. This is how they look at it. So they need they need you in crisis because if they can keep you in crisis, they can keep you in fear of both life and death, and of freedom. Then, like George Carlin said, they got you by the balls. Tables tilted. Game is rigged. It's a big club. You ain't in it. And the big club is made up of the smallest people in the room, guys. That's the real secret. That's the real truth that they don't want you to know is that deep down, they're all cowards. 
pretending to be virtuous, pretending to be advocates for humanity. And the reason they can lie so easy to you is because they've already lied to themselves. So the antidote is, like I said, raise your children with the opposite mindset. Raise them with principles of truth and freedom, honesty with themselves, but also give them not a rose-colored glasses view of the world, but a positive view of the world. And there's a big difference. A real, organic, authentic, positive view of life that can only come when you introduce them to the joy of their own soul And you introduce them to their inner greatness and you prove it. This, this is why I love the martial art coaching, man. And you get basketball coaches, football coaches, soccer, anybody coaching children's programs or teens program. God love you. Keep working with these kids and just, you don't have to sit there and preach a big message every time. What I do in my class is I just little things here or there where I create little experiments in my dojo for these kids, these little hoops for them to jump through so that they actually get experience, hands-on experience going from not being competent at something to being very competent at something that they did the work. Like I just showed them the way, but they did the pushups. They did the work. They overcame their self-doubt and their limiting belief systems. And then watch the most amazing phenomena ever that shatters all the collectivist arguments in one foul swoop, which is that watch those kids become better human beings more empathetic to their other people because what you've done is when you've shown them their potential, you've taught them that human potential exists. And if it exists in them, it exists in the other. And now they have real authentic empathy and compassion. It's not fake anymore. They don't become narcissists. They don't become selfish, greedy because they went out and learned achievement and personal achievement and overcoming challenges. It's the total opposite. They don't, when I teach the martial arts, they don't go out and get into fights because they don't need validation. They got all the validation they want in spades. And once they've gotten off of the validation they're going to get from me as their coach or their parents, and they've kind of matured, they don't even need it from me anymore. They just, they've got it themselves. And that is where we can start to fix this broken society, guys. That's what I see. Is it possible to achieve? I don't know. But all you can do is start with your kids or the, the kids or the people around you that, that you have influence over. Or, or if you have not just start with yourself. Like that, that is what we need. It's not enough to just wake up to the tyranny and the evil of the world and all the conspiracies and all that stuff and all the political stuff. That's not enough. That's like entry level. When you, when you get to this level, you start to look at all of those things as just more examples of, of what we're talking about. And then it helps reinforce you as the free sovereign being that you are. So seeking validation will keep you trapped. You don't need anyone or anything to approve of your worth. You don't operate your life off of the opinions of other people. You, you listen, you take heed, you, you have teachers, you have guides, you have motivators, you have those that inspire you. But eventually, with every teacher in your life, you eventually get to the point where then you're able to take over. You get those training wheels off and you're riding on your own now.
And then you go to the next thing that you want to master and you go through the stages. I've done it countless times. And this is what's missing. And this is what the powers that be are terrified that you're going to figure out because that's the real game. And that's why, that's why they know, they know statistically we humans by and large as a mass will keep voting in dictatorships. I was actually seeing this little bit from, uh, I was watching Avenger, the first Avengers movie. And there's a scene where Loki, the character Loki and his man, there's so much mythology and hidden stuff in those films. It's crazy. Um, but this, the character Loki comes down and he's talking to the humans and he's, he's an example, his character, such a good example of, uh, of the Trudeau types and the Klaus Schwab types and the elite types that who, who this Illuminati is. That's the, this is the, the psychological profiles, this Loki character where he, he, he's so desperate for approval. He's seeking to be worshiped. It's not enough to just get some approval. Like it's well beyond that. It's like, it's a delusion now where he wants to be worshiped as a God by the people. And so he's there and he, he goes in and he starts showing off his power and his magical staff and his armor with the horns and the whole thing. And he's like, you humans, you were created to be slaves. You were created to be ruled. You just need the right ruler. I'm going to be your ruler. Like, and it's like that whole scene. I was like, wow, this is exactly what they're trying to sell everybody. And it's exactly those typologies of people that run all these things that we're looking, all these scams. And they're scammers because, like I said before, they've already engaged in an inner scam. And so now they have only to outer direct that onto everybody else. And that's why they want to seek total power in the world. That's why they want to control every nook and cranny of not just their lives, but your life. Whereas a truly empowered person only seeks control of what's in their domain, which is only their self, which is only their body and their mind and their soul. That's your domain. That's your responsibility. If you have children, that's an extension of that until they become mature enough to become fully actualized, independent selves as well. So I've ranted enough. Uh, there's some really good stuff I've been putting on my Twitter, uh, some of these things that are going on. Yeah, like look at this, the World Economic Forum. Psychologists say a good life doesn't have to be happy or even meaningful. I mean, like, let me just show you so you know I'm not bullshitting you. Psychologists say a good life doesn't have to be happy or even meaningful. So they went from you will own nothing and be happy to, well, you don't really have to be happy after all. So, but you're still going to own nothing. So you're going to own nothing and not be happy because you don't really have to be happy, say our psychologists. <laughs> Talk about projection. <laughs> you're projecting your worldview. Because you're not happy, you have no meaning, and therefore, that's why you're defaulting to the position that humans should just be turned into a bunch of cyborgs run by AI. Artificial intelligence rather than natural intelligence. And there's a little uh, plug for one of my recent shows that I did talking about that subject as well. I think it'll fit well with this one. Um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to cover for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I will catch you soon, uh, probably next week. I'm still trying to figure out the details on what's going on with Earth Chronicles. Stay tuned on my social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Truth Warrior Dad or on Telegram, DW Truth Warrior. Um, I do have a Facebook and an Instagram, but I don't really do much on there. 
I, uh, I still do a little bit of stuff on there, but those are the main places. I will update you guys as to what's coming up next. Thank you for being patient with some of these other projects. My Truth Warrior Premium people, thank you so much. I will be getting you uh, a massive production very soon here. The Occult Conspiracy, look forward to it. It's probably going to be multiple parts. And then uh, Chapter 10 is underway, as I said. So we'll get that out when I feel like it's right and the timing is right. And I'll definitely have some more shows coming your way here on Truth Warrior, some more guests, some more topics that I find fascinating and relevant. And I hope this conversation today uh, hopefully gave you a little boost, gave you something to think about, and I hope it serves you well. So stay cheery, my friend. Stay, stay frosty. Stay free. And don't ever sell yourself out. We'll talk soon. Cheers.